Grace Point Revealed, episode number seven. What kind of world are we living in, Clint? When a little kid can't even go off and train for the Ironman triathlon and the whole town not go berserk. They completely freaked out. They completely freaked out. Lost their minds. Lost their marbles. Yeah. That's one theory. One theory that will be thrown out in today's episode of Grace Point Revealed podcast as to where is Tom Miller? Tom Miller. Tom Miller. Yes. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you haven't watched the episode yet, Tom Miller is missing. (laughs) And you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. You should not be listening to this podcast. We are talking about the seventh episode of Grace Point, which aired on, what was that, November 15th-ish? No, uh, no, 13th. 13th. 13th, I'm off by two days. November the 13th, 11, 13, 14. (laughs) That's right. I'm Daryl. You know who does know, though? Who? The Deadly Seagulls. Very nice. I'm Clint. How are you, Clint? Well, warm. Yeah. Not outside. Not outside. Inside your house. Yeah. That's the cool thing inside about this your, time uh, of year. Your studio. I'm sorry. Yeah. The studio, all the equipment makes it nice and toasty in here this time of year. It's nice. It's real nice. In the summertime, we can't get it cool enough in here. That's right. That's why I have to come in in my Speedo. Well, you're still in your Speedo now. Yeah, but it's more appropriate in the summer. Uh-huh. So it's not appropriate now, but yet you're doing it. Well, I'm trying to lose weight, Daryl. I wish you would do that before you put on the Speedo. <laughs> hey, speaking of Speedo, yeah. uh, we're talking to you about Grace Point Episode 7. Yes. This episode was directed by Ali Selim. Which is a, a person you will seldom see in a Speedo. That's that's not good. I was trying to segue it. Yeah, you know, when they uh, when they went and pitched this episode, uh-huh. they're like, I don't know if the, if the, uh, if the people... The watchers of Grace Point are going to buy it. And somebody said, Ollie, sell them. Ah, nice. No, that wasn't very good. Uh, really. But it was written mm-hmm. by Anya Epstein and Dan Futterman. Futterman? Futterman. 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 He's, he's, he's German, yeah. He's from the Futterman. Wow. Yeah. And already a new low in our <laughs> seven, seven week stretch of podcast. Yes. Yeah, so a, f- a couple of familiar faces. Oh yeah, in the writing booth, definitely, definitely. No teleplay this week. No, it was not a teleplay. Mm-hmm. It was a full-on writing credit. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Clint, what was your rating this week, Daryl? What? This yes. might be the first in the history of podcasts between the two of us. We've we've had some close ones, but this is this may I I think you copied mine is what I think happened. Because well, you like, definitely put yours in second, but I'll go first. All right. I gave it eight ET trips when awry. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 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 He didn't have his um, magical alien with him and he crashed he, in the he forest. He didn't get mooned. That. Yeah. I gave it eight. Also gave it an eight. Eight batches of brownies. Those might have been some special brownies. Those might have been. 
I wouldn't. I would have done exactly what Vince did. Those came from Susan at the trailer park. Oh, trash! What do you know? Here's a trash can right here. Yeah, the trash can must be hungry. Isn't that convenient? Uh, no, no, it's not. Oh, yeah, she made some special brownies for Vince. Hmm. Wonder what the deal is there. You think we're going to find out um, next episode? I do think we'll find out. I don't know if it'll be next episode or not. I say in the next three episodes we're going to find out. Uh, let's go into, oh, we got a couple more episode we ratings. We do. Uh, Barb gave it seven hamburgers with no French fries. <laughs> nice, Barb. That was good. And Mark, the lowest of all, bringing up the, the low end here, six black ties. Yeah. He, he did also call in and point out that he, he actually paid attention to the ties that were being worn by all the men. Uh-huh. And Carver was the only one in a black tie. The others had dark ties with like blue stripes and other things on them, like the original one he had on. Yeah. He was the only one there with a black tie, including Ellie's husband, Joe. (laughs) Which is really funny. Yeah. That is funny. I'm sure we're going to hear all about why Mark gave it a six. Uh, he's, podcast. he's got a few things he has called in about. We'll play those for sure. All right. Let's, well, let's get started in the episode discussion. You're about to say that, but I cut you off and I stole your thunder. That's all right. Uh, I don't mind at all. It, throughout the course of this episode, we learned that six weeks have now passed since Danny died. So it seems like the timeline is following the timeline of, of our show. Danny Solano died, you know, the day that the show premiered. And now here we are six, now seven weeks later. Wow. And uh, so it's, it kind of gives us that, that timeline that I, I wasn't completely sure on before. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely turning into a cold case. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense why they're trying to pull resources off of it, because they don't right. think anybody's going to find it. And of course, as time goes on, it seems to me that Carver is getting more and more panicked about who who is the killer and if he's going to catch him. Well, as he should be. I mean, just that's just natural. The longer the time goes on, the the more improbable it is that you're going to catch the killer. And he does not want another Rosemont on his hands. Everyone keeps reminding him of that. So, I can see why he'd be in panic mode for sure. For sure. Now, what we were we you mentioned that scene where we learned about them pulling off some resources. We also learned in that scene that they had found or had done some examining of the phone and had discovered there was another phone or some conversation about the other phone. We already knew there was another phone. Uh, Mark called in about that. Let's hear what he mm-hmm. had to say. I wasn't particularly fond of this episode. I thought it was a little slow. I think there was some character development, but in the case of Danny's murder, I don't think there was very much progression made. Now, Carver mentions to Ellie that Danny's phone that they found was being forwarded to another number, and they just presume that that's Danny's smartphone. But they never said whether they checked to see if that other number was registered to Danny. How was a 12-year-old going to get a hold of a smartphone in that and register it? So it wouldn't have just made sense to look up the phone number that Danny's known phone was being forwarded to? Didn't I thought they said it was like a burner. Uh, they didn't use the word burner. Or like a pay-as-you-go phone, or they couldn't look it up, and they, it was off. They said it was turned off, but they had been, they would have it monitored in case it was ever activated, activated or turned on or something. Again, like yeah. Hmm, but no. you would think they would be able to pull up the call history, get you know, get a hold of the cell carrier, give me the texts and call the numbers that were called from the phone that this phone is being forwarded to. That's true. Yeah, I, it probably takes more than. 24 hours but it shouldn't take more than a week to do right i exactly. wouldn't think i wouldn't think so either just yeah. get a warrant and there you go but i don't know well 
picking up where last week left off with the death of Jack Reinhold and what a difference a death makes because the newspaper headlines completely different innocent with a nice friendly looking picture of Jack on the front smiling and a picture of Carver is this the worst cop in California worst cop ever you can almost see the periods yeah yeah you can you know that's the way he's looking at it I thought it was really interesting to, to use the, the newspapers to really establish the setting in Grace Point here a week later. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Jack has been completely exonerated. Yep. Right? So I don't think we'll see him on the poll too much. I think I crossed him off my list last week. We both did. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Man, you got a lot of crosses off. I got yep. to say that. I did re- rearrange my list quite a bit this week. You did. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we'll get to that in a little bit. We will. So the episode starts off uh, after that, right? They go to the funeral in the wake. There's a nice exchange between Carver and Ellie. Mm-hmm. And that's where the black tie comes up. Yeah. That was one of those when she joked, you know, do you really think he says, do you really think I'm the worst cop in California? She says, oh, I don't know. Maybe top 10. She, she tries to crack a smile. He wasn't going. For he it. wasn't going for it. And I think he's thinking, you know, sometimes we joke about things we really mean. And I'm thinking this is one of those times. This, this, these are, yeah. <laughs> this is one of those times. Yes. I think it really gets to him. Oh, no question. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably a guy that should have thicker skin than he does. And he's definitely a guy that lets on like his skin is thicker than it is. Yep. But it's not. His He's got thin skin. Yeah. His skin is thin. The skin he's in is thin again. It's like so thin, it's like an ear that you just get ripped off by a punch. Oh, no. No. What? Too Thank soon? Too soon, Daryl. Oh, sorry. All right. Well, what clues? Okay, so so they're getting ready to go to the wake. And it's another one of those conversations that they that they had where they said, while we're there, we should look for clues, signs of people acting awkwardly or suspiciously. I mean, come on. That's their, in my mind, that's the writer's way of saying, okay, look, I'm knocking on your TV screen, okay? We're about to show you footage of the wake. Pay attention. There will be clues here. Hmm. I didn't take it as that at all. Okay. But. So did you gain any clues? Well, I I certainly did. But what it was to me. Okay. Was what a difference three or four episodes make. Because Miller. I'm sorry. Carver suggested that to Miller. Uh Uh-huh. Four weeks ago when they were going to church. Yep. And she said, you are an awful human being. Yes. And now, four weeks later, it's the reverse. That's true. Yeah. Absolutely true. So my theory of of Carver being... Okay, well, don't get ahead of yourself the here. Evil force, don't get I ahead think, of yourself. Uh, it's getting stronger. <laughs> I'm just saying. We are almost just there. Saying. We are almost there. So we know, you know, one of the things I think was, was fairly obvious, and it, he even admitted it, Paul... Uh-huh. Paul pulled no punches. And he hasn't, right? Right. No. Every sermon we've seen has been aimed directly at Carver. Yeah, even when they had that little conversation during the wake portion, and he's like, wow, that sermon seemed kind of like it might have been pointed to me. Oh, there's no might have. It was. Yeah. You didn't do enough to to protect Jack. I told you. Yeah, yeah. I told you. He doesn't back down. 
You ain't you ain't from around these parts, is you? <laughs> That's right. Your law, legs get wobbly around water, don't they? Law don't go around here, law dog. <laughs> yeah. Sermon was very much aimed at the detectives. He's not uh he's not hiding anything. What else did you pick up on this from this? Either of these scenes. Um you know there was there was the kind of awkward scene where Beth orders a wine for herself and a beer for her, her husband. Her husband. <laughs> My husband. Yes. You, Blondie, I am ordering a drink for my husband. Thank you very much. Yes. So, you know, and it was cordial. There wasn't any. Uh, yeah. Nothing needs to be said. No. They both know what the other's yeah. thinking. And then Mark just looked like dumbfounded, didn't he? He's like, uh, 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 uh. What would you uh, do in his situation? Uh, I mean, I, I would. I don't know what I would have done. I don't know if I would have said, "Hey, honey, if you want to get us a couple of drinks, I'll lay low back here," because you don't want to send your wife no. into that. No. But at the same time, you don't want to be there with the two women who are you're in between. Yes. You know, I mean, that's that's a no win situation I would for be him. On the other side of the room. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Jim, remember when we slept together? That one. I mean, six. I mean, one times. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Remember that one time we were making out and my wife was watching. Yeah. 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 About that. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a couple of really kind of funny scenes. Funny being weird. Not. Not. Okay. Not awesome. We saw Paul with his hand on Tom's knee. Yeah. A little awkward. You know. Yes, it was because he's a priest, and because of the scandals that have rocked the Catholic Church over the last few years, we we kind of look at those scenes with a with a judgmental eye or or a filter that says, "Hmm, what's going on here?" At least that you know. But that wasn't the only thing I think that was weird about that scene or awkward about that scene, right? Did you didn't you pick up on something else? You mean that particular scene, or like the whole that particular scene with his leg on Tom's knee, his hand. <laughs> where's the leg take your pick that would have been a little bit more awkward <laughs> hey how are you doing i'm just gonna put my leg up here yeah mm-hmm. i'm just gonna re- like recline. no it was the uh you know carver asking a little bit more about paul and mm-hmm. joe coming to his defense yeah saying yeah what are you talking to my son about mm-hmm. you can't do that i need to be present was he out of line joe or carver well, I'm, I was directing it to, to say, was Joe out of line? But I guess it stands to ask if either of them were out of line. Hmm. I'd say both. So Carver probably was out of line, but it's a line that I would have expected him to cross, right? It's a line that I probably would have crossed. If you were a police officer? Yes. Yeah. I think so. You're just having a little chat? Yes, but there's a difference between a little chat and if you're a police officer, what can later be used in court? That's true. What he, what Tom said could not have been used in court, but I think that if you gain information, that that little piece of testimony you learned right there probably not going to be enough to to throw out the case. So you can probably get what you need with without that piece of evidence. Yeah, but it could. But see, that's a slippery slope because if it points you in the direction of some evidence mm-hmm. that you couldn't have gotten without his dad present and his permission, maybe then, so. Then the whole case is gone. Yeah, right? maybe so. So yeah. But if I'm Joe, do you respond so strongly? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks, okay, there's something really fishy there. Yeah. The other part of me thinks, 
he's he's the kid's dad. If the cop was, be, you know, pestering my son, yeah, after attending a funeral, somebody he knew and had a relationship with, and I, you know, a friendship with, not a relationship. Sure, you, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, and I saw the cop as the guilty party in killing Jack. We're not doing enough to stop him. I might, I might snap at the cop. Okay. Hey, leave my son alone. He just went through a funeral. Well, but I guess the the difference I you see is you have any is questions, that, you can take it. You know, we'll be happy to come down on Monday, and you can ask us. Yeah, I think the difference I, I see is though is though that Joe's wife is the other cop. She's equally culpable here. If there's not going to be any blame thrown at the detective Carver for Jack's death, there ought to be just as much thrown towards Ellie. If that's why he reacted that way. I don't know if that's why he... Re- no, you know me, know. I'm suspicious yeah. of him. So. Yeah, you are. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, Gemma also said something in that scene where she was talking to Paul, and she mentioned that she was a Wiccan. Yeah, which was funny, and then she didn't laugh. Right. And then I thought, oh, that's interesting. He's like, yeah, holding this wake was a good Christian thing to do. Oh, that's funny, since I'm a Wiccan. Ha, ha, ha. Cricket, cricket, cricket. And I thought, hmm, sometimes we joke about things we really mean. Yeah, but I don't think that means she killed Danny. What what if it was like a sacrifice? Oh, come on, Daryl. (laughs) Come on, that is not so outlandish. That is so outlandish. Whatever. That's so outlandish. Your your seagull impersonations are more outlandish. That's true. My seagull, my seagull... My seagull impressions are pretty outlandish. Yeah. I don't think that that's the case. I don't even think that she's really a Wiccan, but I just wanted to, to make the point, and that's it. That's a real stretch. It is. I concur. All right. Let's hear what, let's see, let's hear what Barb had to say okay. about Paul. Paul remains high on my list of suspects this week. When he was speaking to Tommy at the wake, Tommy was leaning away from Paul as if trying to avoid him, but he didn't lean away while talking to to Carver, and Paul was the first person to see the bike. But then, I don't have a motive for Paul if poaching is what's going on behind the scenes at Grace Point and not cocaine running. No motive, no murder. That's an important point that she makes there. No motive, no murder. But mm. it could be we just don't know the motive yet. There could be a lot of motives. Mm-hmm. Right. Could be that he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing. And, you know, because he's up late at night and Danny saw him mm-hmm. that night and he tried to politely asked Danny not to say anything and then ended up murdering him on accident. I really like that theory. Have we tossed that theory out there before that Danny observed Paul doing something because we know that Paul stays out late at night? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. It's pretty amazing theory. If I do say so myself, that that actually is, is very compelling to me because I've been looking for a reason to, move Paul up on my list because they've been throwing so much at us. And that's something that I had not really put into that context. Yeah. Okay. He still doesn't have a, uh, alibi. Still no alibi. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, here's what Mark had to say about Paul. All right. We had another case of Reverend Paul seeking attention. He was talking to the media there. Sure, he was putting in a good word for Mark Solano. But once again, I think his whole purpose in this is he wants to be the center of attention. He wants everybody to be focused on him. So whatever tragedies happened in town, Paul's going to use it to get attention. Now, this is, of course, a scene we haven't talked about yet. But it does seem that Paul is always looking to be the man in front of the camera. 
Yes. Yep. And that that's something that that definitely strikes me as odd because if if he is the killer, I mean maybe it's the whole reverse psychology thing. It can't be the guy that's been in front of the camera this whole time, but you would think that he would not want to get in front of the camera if he were the killer. Oh, unless he's a yeah, unless he's a megalomaniac. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. But you're right. I I'm with you. You think you know, you would think that he would, you know, do what he can to not raise suspicion, but also kind of stay out of the limelight, right? Yeah. Yeah. If it was an accidental death, like we, we right. imagine it is. All right. So we talked a little bit about already the confrontation between Joe and Carver, but I want to circle back around to this because Joe hurls some accusations at Carver and says some things about Carver that as he's saying them, I'm like, did Clint get a preview for this episode last <laughs> week when we were recording the podcast? Because he basically accused Carver of being in the person and doing the things to Grace Point that you accused Carver of last week. Very interesting. No, I did not have a have any other insight other than my intellect <laughs> <laughs> into uh, the show. So good, good. I, and uh, yeah, I. I was watching this scene. I thought, yeah. Did you stand up and you're like, that's what I'm talking about. I slow clapped the television (laughs) right right into the commercial. (laughs) Slow clap into the commercial. That's right. It was amazing. Yeah. He's the problem with the town. He's the reason everybody's acting this way. Carver is the villain here. You know, I wonder if that's going to change now with Tom being gone. I don't think so. Think it's going to be worse or the same. Um, I think it's going to be the same because I think that what we're going to find is that Tom's issue is completely unrelated to Danny, except in the sense that because of what happened to Danny, that's what has caused Tom to, to do this. I think it's an action that Tom has initiated. I don't think he's been kidnapped. Um, so I don't think this is another killer on the loose or the, or the killerist. I, I, I still suspect Joe as much as I ever have because I think that the Tom thing is completely separate. So okay. because of that, I don't think it's going to have any real effect on the town. I think the town's going to realize Tom was off doing his own thing and it's just, oh, it's a rebellious 12-year-old. Move along. Hmm. Okay. You know, I thought one thing that was interesting in that scene was that Tom, you know, Ellie's trying to be a good mother, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Saying, you know, this must be hard on you. Danny was your best friend. Mm-hmm. And he said she was, and and then stomps off. You know, he says you don't even know me. You don't even know me. You don't know anything about me, and then and then stomps off. Which was a similar line that we had heard about Danny, right? I think Tom said that they didn't really know him, or Danny said somewhere that it was. Yeah, it was in his text messages, or in the journal. It was in the journal. Yeah, maybe the journal. Yeah, his Doogie Howser Commodore sixty four journal. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I, uh, but I did think this was suspicious timing, right? He says this. Yeah. And then going to school. Oh, dad. Yeah. You dropped your stuffed animal. I'm good for the next three blocks. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Yeah. I think, I agree. I don't think it's a kidnapping. Or the killer. I think Tom 
ditch school. Mm-hmm. That's, I a, do that's too. what I think. Yep. I don't know why he did it. I've got a couple of ideas. Um, I have a really good idea. Do you? I don't know if it's really that good, but I liked it a lot. You want me to tell you what it is right now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So we saw back in episode four. It was okay. episode four. All right. When they start passing around the picture of Larson. Lars. Lars Pearson. Mm-hmm. Pierce Larson, whatever mm-hmm. his name is. Lars Pierce Morgan? Pierce Morgan. When they start passing around the picture of Pierce Morgan, mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks at it and then writes down the phone number or the address. Can't remember if he writes down the phone number or the address, but mm-hmm. then he goes and looks up the address mm-hmm. of the hitchhiker. Right. Right. Yep. That was completely dropped. Right. We never saw it again. So I think that he was on his bike. He has the address. He knows where it is. He's going to go visit the hiker, the hitchhiker mm-hmm. or the hiker. I guess not really a hitchhiker. He's just a hiker hiker. Now here's, here's where it gets interesting. Why would he do that? Two things come to my mind. What, what are you thinking? I think that he is going there to either hide or plant evidence. Oh, wow. My thoughts were that he's either conducting his own investigation because he's either he's unsatisfied with the job of the cops or he has information that he doesn't want to tell the cops because it'll get him in trouble. So he's going to conduct his own investigation. Mm. Or he's involved too with whatever might have connected Danny. If there's more that connects Danny to the hiker other than the crossword puzzle randomly, you know, that if there's more to that, then perhaps he's also connected in the same way. I, yeah. So I think that for me, the second one is a little bit more logical. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just from the fact that either he killed Danny. The hiker or Tom? No, 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 Tom. Okay. He was, in, or was in some way responsible for Danny's death. And he knows there's something at the hiker's place that could lead. Point back to him. Point back to him. Or like you said, they were involved in some other nefarious thing, right? Yeah. And he knows that there's evidence of that at the hiker's place that Danny mm-hmm. took there and may have dropped there. So he's going to go get it. Or he killed Danny and he knows that his parents, his mom rather suspects this hiker. And so he's going to take the evidence, whatever he has, the phone, mm-hmm. plant it there, and plant it there, which, you know, it could be, we, we, I don't think they have fully processed the cabin yet, or if they have, they haven't revealed to us what was discovered at the cabin. What do you make of Tom's, the way they found Tom's bicycle? Yeah, that was so weird, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just kind of randomly out in the woods. It's like, in the middle of the woods. When the only logical explanation is to go back to what you said, that it didn't quite turn out the way it did in E.T., where he was flying with his bike and it just <laughs> randomly dropped out of the sky. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was being hella lifted up mm-hmm. and it just dropped, dropped into that location. It's not close, as far as I could tell, not close to any major roadways, right? Or any place that anybody would be riding a bike well he could have ridden a bike up to the cabin like we saw the the crowd make their way to the cabin right and but that was quite a ways at least maybe 100 yards or so away from from a a trail or dirt or dirt path yeah so it could be that he just set his i mean it's not likely though that he would just set his bike there unless he was trying to hide his bike if he's trying to hide his bike he would hide his bike under Leaves and stuff. Yeah, leaves or branches. And if somebody did something with them, you would think that they would take a little bit more time to do something with the bike than just leave it there. 
Yeah, and you would think too, just from the, from watching TV, that you would think that they would have put some blood on the bike when they showed us the bike. It would have had some blood on it, or so you know, particularly after what Raymond right. said or something. If it, if it was, it almost seems like it was put there on purpose. It was planted, pl- placed there on yes, purpose, exactly. Yeah, by by Tom or someone else. I don't know. I wonder if Tom didn't put it there. Just trying to, maybe he didn't think to cover it up with something, or maybe he thought, hey, this is far enough away, you know. Nobody will find it. Nobody will find it here. So he's lurking somewhere, keeping an eye on the cabin, spying, doing something else. But, you know, that's where he put his bike for safekeeping while he does whatever it is he intended to do. That makes probably the most sense of any any theories I've heard. Okay. That he just set it out of the way where it wasn't visible. But wasn't really trying to hide it because he didn't really expect anybody to be walking through the forest. Mm-hmm. He just kind of set it out of the way. Makes make, That makes the most sense. Yeah. Well, we'll f- I'm pretty sure we'll find out. We've only got three weeks left. You know, we talked a few weeks ago about well, at what point do we want to know or do, do we want to feel confident that we have figured out who the killer is, right? Right. And I, I said, you know, I would like to, after week seven, go, yeah, I got a pretty strong idea. And I'm not going to say yet whether or not I'm there. But what I what I want to say here is that, the, you know, they can't put something out there like the bicycle or the hiker at this point in the season and not be getting back to that pretty quickly because there's not a lot of time left. Right. That's um, true. What else do we want to talk about on Tom? Do we have any other uh, ideas that we have on Tom? I know we've got some feedback from Mark on Tom. You know, I, I really felt like, um, you know, when we're getting close to the end of the episode, I felt like we were going to find Tom in Susan's trailer, right? She, we know that she invited him a week or two weeks ago. Yep. The skateboard's there. Yep. There's some sort of weird thing going on with her and Vince. Yep. She knows, she might know that, you know, She's the town stalker, right? So she might know that Vince and Tom are friends and spend time together. Mm-hmm. Seems crazy enough to use Tom to lure Vince in. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. I thought there's going to be some reveal, and he was going to be sitting in the trailer, you know, yep, eating brownies or something. Yeah, <laughs> right. I thought all of that too. And when Vince shows up, and you hear the dog barking in the background, just going crazy. Yeah, I thought he's in there barking at Tom because Tom's a stranger. Yeah, or could be he. You know, she's got Tom tied up, and the dog senses as creepy as she is. This is even a little creepier than the dog is comfortable with. Yeah, you know, right. so yeah, I thought the dog barking might be a clue, but we didn't get anything there. Well, nothing this week, right? We'll see next week. But even then, it's like if the bicycle is out in the middle of the woods, how does Tom end up in Susan's trailer? I could conceive of ways that that could happen, but and it just seems a little bit far fetched. It does. It does. You know, and it's, again, I don't have the geography memorized. Is it possible he was on the way to Susan's? Right. Yeah, I don't know. And, and ditched his bike. I haven't seen a, a map of the of the town yeah. anywhere. You know, maybe maybe he face-planted and got hurt, and mm-hmm. he knew that she was friendly and knew where she lived and went to go get some, you know, ice put on his elbow or something. And that explains the bleeding that Raymond has... Yeah. Raymond's back. No. Were you disappointed? Yes. You, I was disappointed. Yes. I was disappointed to Does have Raymond Does it make back. him more suspicious or less suspicious to you that he is back? I don't know. It just makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's the killer. I don't either. I think it's less suspicious because if he was the killer, unless he is way... What was the word you used earlier about Paul being on TV? Megalomaniac. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's the only way the reason he would come back. Yes, I know he was bleeding because I made him bleed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just don't see it. I don't either. Now, he could be right. Maybe he does see into the other realms and can tell that Tom is bleeding. But but again, once again, he's taking a, a very big wall and throwing some mud against it. Yes. Hey, there's a kid missing. Let's say he's bleeding. Odds are he's bleeding. That's not really too big of a guess, right? You think? I don't. Uh, I don't think he's missing. You know, he's going to come back with a paper cut and Raymond's going to be like, aha! That's, that's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, that's all I'm saying. There, whether whether Tom's on his own, like you said, he could have face planted on his bicycle. He could have tripped over a stick in the woods. If he has been abducted, he could have been scratched by trying to get away. There's yep. any number of reasons why he could have even a minor cut on him. Right. And he's bleeding, and Raymond's like, oh. He's bleeding. The boy is bleeding. Not physically, just emotionally he's bleeding. <laughs> he's, he's, he's hurting, see? Yeah. I got it right. Uh, I wish he wouldn't have come back. Well, did anybody else have anything to say about Raymond this week? Yeah, Barb did, and we'll, we'll circle back and hear what Mark had to say about Tom. Okay. Ray also remains on the suspect list. He supposedly knew that Tommy was hurt and bleeding, and who better to know than the person who did it? but that would also make it less likely to be him, as he wouldn't rat himself out unless he wanted the attention. Another strange bird. <laughs> That's a good way yeah, to put it, That Barb. is a good way to put it, yes. All right, here's uh, Mark on Tom. Now, regarding Tom's disappearance, we saw in a previous episode Tom go through his mother's purse and pull out her notebook. I think Tom is running his own little investigation Maybe Danny mentioned the hiker to him, maybe to the point where Danny said he wanted to go meet the hiker and he knew where he lived and Tom was discouraging him saying he shouldn't. That could be the text messages and that Tom was deleting off his phone or perhaps Tom was encouraging Danny to go meet with him and that's why he was deleting them off his phone. But it's possible that Tom knew where this backpacker lived and he suspected something so he decided to go out there to look on his own. I think we're going to find Tom safe and sound next episode spying on the cabin. Mm. So yeah, he had a lot of the same thoughts I did. Yeah, um, but you had the, you remembered why he or how he would have gotten the address. So so good on you for remembering that. Yeah, I just remember him having pulled it up on Google Maps or yeah on Grace Point Maps or Frugal Maps or whatever <laughs> fake search engine they use on the show. <laughs> right. It was from 1995, whatever it was. That's right. It was um, Alta Vista. Yeah. Hotbot.com. Yeah. Do you remember Hotbot? I do. Yeah. Or some of the other ones. Uh, I used to do Metacrawler. Metacrawler, man. That was like the the original one. Yeah. The original one. Metacrawler oh, and Yahoo. What was it? It started with the Y that I used to use. Um, Yahoo? Yes, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what was the one with the dog? Oh, yeah. What was that? Uh I used to. Uh, I'm gonna Google the search engine with the dog. Isn't that funny? Yeah, that is funny. You'll find it instantly. Dog pile. Dog pile. That's it. Yeah, I used to use it too. Dog pile. Hot bot. Yeah, <laughs> I remember the site. It's so terrible. All right, I'm gonna steer you back in here. Oh, I can't. All I right. can't look. Uh, Excite. Remember Excite. I do remember Excite, and I was excited this week to see Vince covered in blood. Doing something weird out in his shed. Web crawler. What do you make of Ask Vince? Jeeves. Vince, not Jeeves. Vince being covered in blood. What's going on? Uh, he was butchering his venison. Mm-hmm. 
Nothing more than that? Uh, no. He's got blood on his face. Is he's he, got, he's he, a big disgrace, yeah. but he is butchering the food that he illegally hunted. Yeah. Nothing more. I agree. And it was totally obvious what he was doing. It was silly that they're like, oh, be suspicious of it. Well, because look what they did. They said, Raymond comes along and says, Tom is bleeding. And then the next scene, Vince is covered in blood. Ridiculous. No, I'm not going there. Not falling for it. No, it was silly. Are we supposed to think that he cut up Tom and put him in the freezer? <laughs> that's what I mean, really? Is I, that what happened to Danny? Yeah, I think that's what they, they want us the to. The killer is escalating from accidentally bonking Danny on the head and then feeling guilty and placing him to, oh, that was really amazing. I'm going to cut him up into little pieces and stick him in my freezer for safekeeping. Right. Nope, not going to happen. Okay, what's going on with Susan and the brownies? I mean, she gave them to Vince. So when when she first uh, was getting the brownies, I think you and I both said earlier that we thought she was making them for Tom to keep Tom, right? to, uh, to give him a treat while she was being creepy. But that turned <laughs> out not to be the case. She gave them to vince via his mother so what do you make of this i don't know it's the second time that she prepared food for vince yeah last time he didn't show up this time she hand delivered it that's right who prepares food for somebody else do you think they were formerly lovers no that's not that's in my mind that's not what food says food says familiarity food says um you know, a teacher that used to care for him or grandparent or an auntie or somebody that used to take care of him. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about, what if Vince was adopted? Okay. And that's his real mom. Okay. Or vice versa. Okay. Oh, sure. I could go for that. What if maybe she used to babysit him when he was a kid? And she did some bad things to him. And she used to give him brownies to make him feel better after she did bad things to him. Then why would she bring him more brownies? It's an emotional manipulation tool. I would say probably the opposite. If she used to babysit him Mm -hmm. and she abused him, she's obviously in Grace Point. She came to Grace Point, Mm -hmm. right, from another town. We know that because there's there's a background story here. Right. So... She came here maybe for Vince. Maybe. And trying to reconcile with him. So maybe she feels bad and she wants to talk to him about it. I do like the idea that perhaps she is his real mother and he's adopted by the woman that that we are being presented as his mother. Right. Who has dementia now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. If so, apparently Vince is aware of it, but his mother is not because she was like, yeah, the lady from the park brought these by. She didn't say Susan Wright or your mom or, you know, she didn't even know the lady's name. Well, of course, she has dementia. That's right. So maybe she wouldn't know the mom, the the person's name. Clearly, we missed something that they're getting the ball at the 20. Yeah, I kind of like your idea. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's going to be it, but I can't think of anything better at this point. Um, the, although we got some good feedback from Barb and, uh, and Mark on this as well. Okay. Uh, but before we get into their, their thoughts, we, we got the confrontation between Vince and Susan. Susan says to him, I know what you did. And he threatens her. I've got a rifle in the car, all this other stuff. So what, what do you make of this? I know what you did. Uh huh. She knows that he went hunting. Yeah. Illegally. 
That's it. That's it. Is that enough to get a reaction that way? If she abused him in the past and she's using that as leverage, then yes. Mm -hmm. Or if she abused him in the past and now she's acting like, I know what you did. I'll turn you in when she's done something far worse. Yeah. That could get a reaction like that out of yes. him. Yeah. And this is Susan Wright we're talking about, a complete weirdo. Speaking of Susan Wright, why hasn't Ellie followed up on it? I mean, I know she's been busy, but it seems like a pretty big lead. Well, she had What's-His-Face follow up on it. She told What's-Her-Face that What's-His-Face followed up on it. Yeah, What's-His-Face, exactly. Why isn't she following up on it? It seems like a pretty big lead. Well, I don't. I didn't think anything of it. I thought that uh, you're, well, it's the lady that you like as the killer. What's her name? Kathy. Kathy. I, was, I wanted to say Karen, and I knew that was wrong. Yeah, I thought Kathy was a little bit out of line. Just to, she, Does she expect Ellie to do all of the detective work? No, they're a team. They they, they get a clue. They, they have somebody that processes that clue. So I, I thought it was completely understandable that Ellie okay, passed that off. Right, but if that was the only thing, I would say, sure, that's fine, right? But this this is a person who threatened to have Kathy raped. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like Ellie's like, oh, that doesn't sound that serious. I'm just going to hand it off to this nobody. Well. And have him follow up at his leisure. It's been two weeks mm-hmm. since that threat was made. I will say this about Ellie. What we saw in this episode after Tom went missing was a whole new level of detective work that we haven't seen and, and, and fire that we haven't seen out of her. Completely understandable. It's her own child. It's gonna it's gonna ramp her into a whole new level of reality that she didn't know existed. Okay, but you know, I think that I think that that might be the thing that's going on here as well. You know, if someone would have, if Susan would have accused her uh, or, or threatened her the way she did Kathy, or if it, let's say that uh, that Ellie has a daughter and Susan would have threatened her daughter that way, we probably would have seen a different course of action, but. She didn't. It wasn't personal, so she she passed it off to somebody else. That's true. Ellie is pretty incompetent as a yeah. I, I'm not person. you know I'm not trying to justify what she did necessarily. Although I don't think it's as big of a deal as, as you or, or Kathy seems to. Okay, I'm with Kathy. I've been with her since the beginning. Mm-hmm. She could still be the killer, but I think it's looking less and less likely. I've moved her quite a bit down my list. Yeah. Okay. So. I thought, you know, we talked a little bit about Paul earlier. It's weird that he's sticking up for Mark in front of the press. Oh, Mark Salato has done a fantastic job. Do you think he's actually trying to win Mark back? Or do you think he's just using the tragedy of what happened to get in front of the cameras and seem like a good guy? That is a tremendously good question because I can't figure it out. You would, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how Paul might be using this situation that he probably didn't create but he's ex- using it to his advantage to maybe find the relationship with Beth that he has always wanted saying what he did about uh, Paul <laughs> about uh, Mark doesn't seem to go along with that so mm. i don't know maybe he's just being sincere maybe he i mean there's no doubt that Mark was a champion in this in this episode so um yeah, he did, maybe he, it all he did just well. points back to Paul just really wanting to be the guy in front of the camera and and do you know whatever he needs to say to to look good in front of the camera so he can get more camera time is is really his main thing right now. I yeah, don't know. no, that that could be true. Boy, yeah, Mark didn't want to have anything to do with him at the wake. Not at all. 
That was kind of a funny scene. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Memorial service. If I even invite you. <laughs> oh, okay. So you've made up your mind? Yeah. Yep. We've made up our mind. Ain't happening. Yeah. Uh, that was funny. It was funny. You know what I thought was great? What? Last week we had a mob scene, Vince. Yeah. You know, with pitchforks and mm-hmm. whatever those things are called. Torches. Torches. Torches, torches mm-hmm. and pitchforks. There was a baseball bat. And a baseball week. bat. Mm-hmm. You know, rounding up the town to go beat up Jack Reinhold. That's right. Need the whole town to beat up a 70-year-old man. For, yeah, for being a pedophile. This week, same mob. Yeah. Doing good. Out looking for Tom. Wow. I hadn't really thought about that. I like that juxtaposition that they did from last week to this week. That's a great insight there, Clint. Thanks. Very insightful. Yeah, and you know, this time it was led by Mark instead of Vince. Uh-huh. Is there a clue there? There might be. I don't know. We'll I don't see. Know. We did get some f- thoughts on Vince before we, before we move too sure. far away from sure. Vince. Sure. Uh, let's hear what Barb and Mark had to say about Vince. Barb and Mark. Vince told his mom he was out hunting. Now, that was because she saw blood on his face. But he had no problem telling his mom he was out hunting. And we do know from a previous episode that there is currently nothing in season. So there shouldn't be any hunting going on. So when at the beginning of the season, I believe in the first episode when poachers were mentioned, I believe Vince is the poacher in question. And in this episode, we got some stuff from Susan telling Vince that she knows what he's done. I believe that that all comes down to the poaching as well. Susan is somebody, if she was out walking her dog, she might have seen Vince shooting something. So my theory still stands that Vince is the killer. Vince killed Danny. Susan does not know this. She just knows that Vince is a hunter and that's what she keeps threatening or or talking to him about is about his hunting and his poaching. Now, Vince, on the other hand, is afraid that if the police start coming in and start investigating that, they'll discover that he actually killed Danny. So that's what he's hiding. But Susan doesn't really know that. Oh, Mark, we were so close. (laughs) We were so close. Yeah, about halfway through, Clint is like gesturing like, yes, that's what we said. And then about the other half, he just put his head down. No, No, he's poaching and a poacher. And that's what Susan saw him do. You had me there. And that makes Fence the killer? What? <laughs> no. All right, here's Barb's take. I tend to agree with Mark, our Mark, that Vince is involved in poaching and not murder. But I wonder if it's whale hunting. That would mean he has help, most likely from Dean, who has the fishing skill sets. That would keep them on the list and could provide a very good reason for murder since Danny could have seen them while doing his wildlife thing. It seems unlikely since a whale is so large. But I like to toss out crazy theories. Susan making brownies for Vince is something you do for a kid. I'm still undecided about my two theories about Vince. He's either adopted, and Susan is his real mother, or Susan molested Vince as a child. She sure is one weird duck. (laughs) Another weird duck. Oh, man. So I feel bad, because we kind of talked through all those. Well, we did. Without listening to... And I, you know... You don't hear these full, before we play. Full disclosure, yeah. I did not hear these before right. before we played it, so I apologize for stealing your thunder. But yeah, no, I, I agree. The, the whale theory yeah. was one I hadn't thought of. That's interesting. He's going to need a bigger freezer. That's the thing. He's going to need a bigger freezer. <laughs> I love the whale theory, but other than I think even Barb acknowledged it. That's a big animal. I don't see that happening on just from that standpoint. Maybe it was a baby whale Maybe. Or, or a seal. What, what does a baby whale sound like, I wonder? <laughs> no, that's a dolphin. Sorry, uh, wrong animal. Oh, I see. 
Yeah, good stuff though from both of them. Uh, <laughs> Mom. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's causing people to That's what you get. Drive off the road. That's what you get. All right, where are we at now? Let's see. Oh, you, you know, we mentioned Mark helping out with the mob scene. It's probably a welcome thing for him to do to be worried about somebody else's kid rather than his own yeah you know we did get the conversation at the beginning of the episode where he was saying you know i think i think i'm gonna go back to work we need the money and yeah. you know i i think they're all going stir crazy they would yeah. do want to get some, on with their lives yeah, a little they, bit exactly yeah. i was gonna say back to normal that'll yeah. never happen they want to get on with their lives yeah that's exactly it and, yeah. you know i thought beth's hug beth and ellie's hug was really Nice and touching. Yeah. What'd you think of how they started it and then they they moved it into slow mo? Did yeah. you like that effect? Yeah, I did. I thought I that was too. I thought that was really nice. You know, Beth is in a situation where nobody except maybe Jack Reinhold, ironically, uh-huh. understands what she's going through. Yeah. And now she can provide a level of comfort to Ellie because yeah, she absolutely knows what Yeah. And what I've she's I've heard through. that so many times from people who have been in this situation where they've lost a child. Or maybe they've gone through an incredibly challenging medical, you know, diagnosis and they've come through it. Whatever it is, whatever that traumatic event is that has happened in your life, that people, once they get removed from it, and and Beth is certainly not there yet, but even in that, even in the midst of it where she is, she's still a step farther than Ellie was in that moment. And, you know, you hear those stories of people who, who can then be in a position to help people when they find themselves in those situations. So it was incredibly nice and comforting to see these two women who were friends before it and, and now have a a different connection altogether. So that was, that was really nice and touching. Did it cause you to shed a tear? No, me either. No. No. So, uh, Renee skipped town. Shocker. The low life that she is. Shocker. Shocker. Were you shocked? Not in the least. Uh, I mean, I I was surprised that she she wasn't in the episode at all. But when they explained why she wasn't there, I was like, oh, pff, of course, that's exactly yeah, what she did. She exactly. she got out of town before she ended up as the next Jack. Uh, speaking of Renee, mm-hmm. Carver's daughter showed up. Yeah, this episode, which had nothing to do with Renee, but I guess they could only have so many. What was the point of her showing the show? up? What was the point? I don't know. I felt bad. I felt bad for her. Are we going to see her again? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I mean, yeah, we could. Maybe he runs down to the bus stop and finds her or something. Yeah. Was her? What was the point of her being in this episode? I'll ask it again. The point of her being in this episode, I think it shows, certainly shows a strained relationship between Carver. But we already knew that. She's not returning his calls. I think we understood that. Yes, but we got to see that it's not her fault. Is it not her fault? I don't think so. She spent, you know, at least six hours at the police station just sitting around waiting for her dad. Yeah. And? And then she had to leave. Yeah. And Carver blew her off and blew her off and blew her off. And And she she made the statement, I think, something to the effect of dead. You care about dead kids more than you care about your own daughter. She did, and I thought she was completely out of line. Oh, I didn't. So you're telling me, okay, let's say... Okay, let's say that you have a really big product launch yep. or demonstration. Mm-hmm. Your biggest vendor is coming in. Yes. And 
you are, it's all hands on deck. You're in charge of this presentation uh-huh. and you're, let's say your kids are a little older than they are. Sure. She shows up un, unplanned, unannounced, out of the blue and expects you to drop everything so you can spend some time with her and and somehow she's inappropriate? No. Yeah. yeah. No. He has got a job to do. You can't just show up at somebody's workplace unannounced, especially when they've got a, a huge thing like a kid has just gone missing on top of a dead kid that they're investigating okay. and expect them to drop everything. Everything that you're saying is true. Everything that you're saying right now is absolutely true. Okay, so where, where, why are we disagreeing on but this? But the way that he treated her when, when she showed up was completely inappropriate. He treated her not as his daughter, mm-hmm. but as somebody who is getting in the way of his work. That's you are, true. You are a distraction to me right now. Mm-hmm. I can't deal with you. You sit here and stay put until I get the chance to deal with you. Because right now I can't. That's true. He did treat her that way. So, but, but like I said, and then when she, when she showed some genuine concern about his health, Mm -hmm. about his heart, even though they never said what the medicine was. Oh, it was on the bottle. I, I, I looked, I I was going to go back and pause it. I I didn't see what it was. Linda has got uh, some some feedback on that. Do you want to, you want to, let's just, let's just skip to the feedback. All right. She says when given an IV in an emergency setting, adenosine is quite impressive. It literally stops the heart and allows it to reset its electrical conduction. The rapid heart rate would explain all of Carver's symptoms, but self-injection would not reap the same results. Also interesting is that adenosine would not work if caffeine has been ingested any time recently. Some doctors do give adenosine as an intramuscular injection for multiple sclerosis. I think the adenosine is a red herring. Boom. Mm -hmm. That's really insightful on the adenosine adenosine um hmm. so, so hey dad this says that there's something wrong with your heart what mm-hmm. gives mm-hmm. give me that it's nothing get out of my face was his response yeah look i i i hear what you're saying and, and i'm glad you've clarified because that does make a difference the way that he was treating her he certainly could have handled himself better but i think that she she's out of line and that she thinks that just because you called her or he called her that she could show up whenever was convenient for her and expect him to be able to drop everything and give her the attention that he thought she thought that he wanted to give her. I mean, yes, he wants to give her attention, but you know, there are appropriate times and inappropriate times for her to show up at his place of employment. But having said that, you're exactly right. He could have communicated that to her in a much more appropriate way, a much more fatherly way caring fatherly way. I thought Corey had an interesting theory. Corey said, mm, okay. maybe it's because he hasn't been investigated, but I'm really starting to suspect Carver in a split personality kind of way. He isn't getting proper treatment for his illness. So that's my kooky Corey theory. <laughs> hmm, Carver is the killer. He's investigating his own self and doesn't know it. His that's, own self. That's pretty kooky. Which may be why he botched the Rosemont thing because he think... never could find the killer because the killer is... Oh, himself. I think Corey might be watching a few too many uh, B movies, though. Maybe. I never saw the B movie. The Seinfeld thing was a good. <laughs> Not that one. Okay, that's actually an interesting theory, though, Corey. It is. I I don't think it's right, but it's the first time we've heard the yeah. uh, the the Carver theory. Yep. Yeah. All right. One more thing to talk about. We haven't talked about 
the actual interrogation we had with the hiker, Mr. Pierce Brosnan himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do, do you believe his story about what he said about his encounter with Danny and and what do you make of his I just don't behavior? Know. It was and, odd, right? He was he was an odd cookie. Yeah. So was it me or was he like uh, smiling or smirking a little bit while he was eating the cheeseburger in the back of the cop car? Yeah. Super creepy, man. Yeah, but he's like, hey, free cheeseburger. All right. Yeah. And then they, they rewarded him with cheeseburgers. So now he was like, I'm not giving you any more information until so I get the fries. Yeah. I'm going to hit the button here that gave me food last time That's so right. I can get more food. Yeah. And uh chocolate shake. Yeah. Yeah, chocolate, chocolate shake. Do you do you chocolate suspect shake. him more or less now than you did prior to him mm, the encounter? Um, less. Just the way that he's acting, mm-hmm. it's possible he could have killed Danny, but there's no way he could have gone through the elaborate trouble of wiping down the uh, the cabin, the cabin, mm-hmm. and stealing the boat and planting the body. No way. That's a fantastic point. I, I was going to say, I actually suspect him uh, the same as I did before, which was very, very little, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, maybe a little bit less as well. I don't, I don't think he's the killer. He's, he's weird. He's creepy. Tom thinks he's involved somehow, but I don't, I don't think so. So we have, we're going to get to our poll here in a minute. Yeah. We're almost there. Almost there. We have one person that has not received any votes. I'm not going to say who it is. Okay. But it's somebody I would have thought would have at least gotten one vote. We had one person who has gone the entire show without getting any votes. Finally got a vote this week. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. We're down to just one person with no vote. One no voter. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the prime suspect poll. You want to do that? Yeah, let's do it. We'll, we'll move the Twitter to after that okay. since, we're, since we're talking about it. Yeah, sounds good. I did mention that I made some changes to my lineup this week. Changes. That's right. Joe Miller is still the number one. Joe Miller, number one. I'll be honest, Clint. I don't have the strong feeling after having seen episode seven that I hoped that I would have at this point in the story. I I really, in, in fact, Joe's behavior in part of this episode made me more suspicious, you know, when he got onto Carver for talking to Tom. Yeah. Because I think that Tom is off on his own, I don't think that that lets him off the hook, you know, because I doubt Joe is involved in the abduction of his own child. I don't think Tom's been abducted, so I don't think that, that they're, they're related in any way. So... I just kind of kept him at number one for for no real good reason. Gemma, again, I don't really think she's a Wiccan, but that was still kind of weird for me. But no real reason to, to either move her up or move her down. So I didn't do anything with them. I didn't do anything with Dean. He is still number three. However, Vince did move up to number four just because he's definitely hiding something. I'm definitely leaning towards it being nothing more than poaching, but Susan observes everything. And maybe she knows more than just about the poaching. So yep. I went ahead and moved him up. Okay. Uh, Hugo, I moved down a spot. He's at five. The Reverend moved up to number six. Well, wow. you know, he's just, I don't know. I can't, I, 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 again, I don't want it to be him because they've made it. They've pointed at him from so many different directions. The old priest thing is a trope. I've talked about that at nauseum. Yes. I'm not going to do it again. Okay. Susan seven. Raymond moved up to number eight. 
just because he's back. So maybe there's something there. Uh, and it was also because I moved some people down. So I moved Lars down to number nine, the hiker. Kathy is at 10. Mark moved all the way down to number 11. I no longer really suspect him at all, but I can't cross him off my list. Everybody below 11, 12 through 19 has been marked off my list, including Jack. Wow. Okay. That is really something. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm kind of with you. I don't have a high degree of confidence. I would say if I had if I had to say today who killed Danny Fisher, it's Paul Coates. Danny Fisher? Danny Fisher. Danny, sorry, wrong show. Danny Solano? Don, Danny Solano. Danny mm-hmm. Solano. It's Paul Coates. Okay. I'd say I'm more confident about him at this point in the show than I have been for anybody else. I think Vince is just poaching. Jim is just weird, right? I don't think I don't think she she did it or could have done it. Okay. I mean it's possible, but but she's she's still number three. Tom's number four. Dean Iverson's number five. Kathy Eaton's number six. Susan Wright's seven. And after that I, is Lars at number eight and everybody else, right? Right. So that's kind of my dividing line. Could Dean have still have been the killer? I probably should move Dean up a little higher on my list. In fact, I'm going to do that right now. Okay. <laughs> now that I'm now that I'm sitting here talking about yeah. it. Yeah. And sometimes just talking through it does it kind of helps make more sense of things. Yeah, I'm going to move Dean. He's going to take Vince's spot at number 2 for me. And I'm going to put Vince below Tom Miller at number 5. So that's my list. Paul Coates, Dean, Gemma, Tom, and Vince. Okay. And from our prime suspect poll, Paul is holding holding the lead quite well. Yeah, he got three additional votes this week. Three additional votes. Tom Miller. Tom Miller. Yeah, he's still holding a bunch of his votes from, you know, he's been, he got some votes after the first episode. I think he got a bunch of votes after he pulled that information out of his mom's purse. He only got one additional vote this yeah. week, though. And Vince, did this change recently? Uh, yeah, I think I just updated there. There were two of them that I just updated while okay. you were updating your poll. So Vince is number two. Yeah, he got three new votes this week. Tom is number three now. Oh, you're right. I didn't see that. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Vince uh, is number two. Joe Miller. Mm-hmm. Number f- f- four. Yeah, he right. got two votes this week. One of those was me. Okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So two Millers in the top four. That's not looking good for Ellie. <laughs> I know. Isn't that weird? Right. 50-50 yeah. shot here. Uh, Dean Irison's number five. Gemma six. Mark Solano's seven. Wait, before you move too far there, Gemma got three new votes this week as well. Yeah, that, which is a lot. That is a lot. Uh, Susan is number seven. Mark mm-hmm. is number eight, tied with Raymond Connolly at number five. Mm-hmm. The person who previously had no votes, who now has a vote, is Emmett Carver. Did you vote for him? No. I wonder if Corey did with I'll, his I'll crackpot theory. Yeah. I bet it was Corey. No, I voted for Paul. Yeah. And then the one who still has no votes. No votes. Lars Pearson. Even after being interrogated, meeting face-to-face, no one thinks that Lars is, is, is the murderer. Yeah, yeah. So this this character that has been added to this story is, is not really... It's a red herring. Yeah, everyone sees it as a red herring. Yep. All right, very interesting. Well, let's talk about the uh, GP Twit question of the week. 
right. This week's GP Twit question is, where is Tom and who is involved? Mark from Solo Talk Media says, I think Tom is on his own after snooping through his mom's files. He's running his own investigation into Danny's death. Uh, Yoga Bond says he's hiding in the trailer part as part of a cover-up to protect the drug trade. Whoa. The killer is part of. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Eliminize. Haven't seen Eliminize. Been a few weeks, yep. In, uh, in a while. Uh, Tom went to a secret place of his and Danny's to get something. Hasn't been able to get away from his parents until now. Hmm. I like that idea. That is a great, great yeah. theory. I like that. Uh, Tanger 14 says either Paul or Ray uh, bet the tip was anonymous and can't be traced. He's in town. Bike and forest is a decoy. Mm, I like that idea too. I hadn't thought about that. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenkins 100 Rose says like idea. Tom investigated Danny's death. Did he find something in guilty? Did he find something did he find something and guilty and find out and catch him when out of sight of others? Does that make any sense? Yeah, I'm having trouble finding. It's, it's Maybe hard. someone guilty. Mm-hmm. Did he find someone guilty? Mm-hmm. Find out. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Uh, Lost Fringy says, perhaps Susan's trailer? Small suspicion towards Vince as the killer. Susan may know and is trying to protect Vince. Um, Lost Fringy Ask why are Reverend Paul's lips always rosy pink? Uh, hashtag not Prince Charming. Hashtag sign of his guilt? Question mark. <laughs> and finally, Linda's Law says he took Susan up on the chance to walk her dog. Maybe so. Uh, and walk her dog is in quotes. So mm-hmm. who knows what that means? All right. That's it for this week's GP Twit question. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at... Grace Point GSM and uh, Daryl will usually send out the Twitter poll usually Friday afternoon-ish mm-hmm. and uh, just remember when you reply to reply using the hashtag GPTwit indeed alright well that's it next week's episode is episode 8 three more episodes Clint I know it's crazy we're getting close to the end yeah now I did confirm this week that they are going to take Thanksgiving off we we are assuming that from the beginning but now yeah. the schedule has come out which is good because I would have taken Thanksgiving off as yeah well. yeah so other than that um, uh, it'll wrap up I think that wraps it up on December the 11th or something around there so very interesting that should be the day that we'll find out I'm hoping to have a better idea next week because at this point I still don't have a real strong idea on who the killer is mm, yeah me too you think you'll know next week? No, I don't. <laughs> you think you're going to go into the final episode not knowing who it is? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can go to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. Yep. That's where they can either upload an audio file or typey typey out an email contribution and just submit it right there on the page. That's really fantastic. You can also click there on the side Click right there on the side on the uh, wood pipe. Mm. I thought for sure you were going to encourage them to use the bicycle pipe. We could do cheeseburger pipe. Mm. That sounds delicious, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we should do. Just have a. It's like one of those pneumatic tubes at the bank, except that's it, just, right. it brings you cheeseburgers. Yeah, that's right. So go ahead and leave your feedback for the cheeseburger pipe. <laughs> 
And uh, all you have to do is is press that button and then withhold information from the cops and you get a free cheeseburger. <laughs> In that case, Owen's mom ought to be getting plenty of cheeseburgers. Oh my goodness, that's right. Owen's mom is getting cheeseburgers. Cheeseburger. You can also call us at 304-837-2278. That's 304-837-2278. Again, our deadline is Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. We are back on Standard Time now that That's the right. time change has taken place. It's I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash Grace Point Revealed. And if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us by using one of our affiliate links on our website at goldenspiralmedia.com slash support. Again, encouraging those who are shopping, doing the Christmas shopping a little early. Click on our Amazon affiliate link. You know it'd be a great thing to do after they clicked on that? What's that? Not this week, but in a couple of weeks. Get on there and order the limited edition Blu-ray series called Broadchurch. Hmm, that's a good idea. Yeah. Or you can even get it on Amazon Instant Streaming. I might do that. I have that. See? Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. Well, there you go. All right. Uh, Daryl, I think that's it for me. I think that's it for me as well. I think at this time I'm probably going to sign off and uh, go check and make sure that none of my bicycles have mysteriously wandered out into the woods. I think that's a good idea. And I'm going to come back to my office and expect my daughter to be there, only she's gone home on a bus. Well, she is there. Be sure and yell at her. Or better yet, make the seagull noise at her. <laughs>